I'm Tolani Obai and welcome to Once Upon a Dreamer. This is a podcast about dreams, dreamers, and everything in between. You're listening to episode one. did we get here? I think I'd actually just start with how did I get here? <laughs> and I laugh in trauma. I kid, but it's actually not funny. Asking that question, I think like as I'm asking myself that question, I think it's something you could be reflecting on. Like how did I get to this place? It's possible that you're looking all around and people congratulate you on things and clap for you, thinking you're living the dream, but you know in your heart of hearts that you're not living any dream. That wasn't the dream that you were born with. You're still not fulfilled, basically. On my end, it took me hitting rock bottom really hard for me to realize that enough was enough. That I was not going to live like that anymore. I was not going to live in the shadow of a dream anymore. How did I get here? And when I say trauma, I would say trauma that started even before I realized I was being traumatized. Trauma of self-repression. Where I assumed that if I just repressed myself a little bit, and this was me as a child, as a five-year-old, as a four-year-old, if I just toned it down a little bit, if I tempered down my dream a bit more, they would be more accepting of me. And by there, I'm referring to people who felt that my convictions at that age were too strong for my age. Like, who do you think you are? You're five years old. Keep quiet. What do you know? This is me that grew up in a family that allowed a lot of expression. I'm talking about my nuclear family. My parents were very loving. My dad would do stories of Bible heroes and ask us questions, ask us about our lessons if you wanted to share anything with the family. Imagine asking that to a four-year-old or a three-year-old, my brother and I, and what we said mattered. They would take it on and discuss it further. Imagine having that kind of experience, then going out into the world and being told you should keep quiet because your mates don't know these things that you're talking about. So silence, please. And... um, Somehow, for some reason, I believed them. I believed they were right. I believed that in order to be accepted, I would have to tone it down. And I found myself constantly shrinking or struggling to fit into whatever mode would be acceptable for the places I wanted to be accepted in. Home was the only place where I was truly myself, where I felt free, where I could express without criticism, The only criticisms that would come were constructive or wholesome, right? Five years ago, I would say five years ago, the downward spiral started at full speed. It's now a downward spiral I'm grateful for. Um, But at the time, I could never have imagined being where I am today. Two days after my 27th birthday... Two or three minutes after I had spoken with him on the phone, my father slumped and he died. And my world changed forever. 
this was a man who had been a major custodian of my dreams. I had a small thought of what I wanted to do. And I dared to share the idea with my dad. He would carry it on his head. That's a Nigerian term for. He would take it extremely personally and share it with whoever cared to hear. When I started working on dreams of becoming a screenwriter, director, because I'm, I work in the film industry majorly, before I had even created one film, he would say, my daughter, the director, my daughter, the screenwriter. And I'll be there saying, daddy, you've not even seen anything. Why do you believe so strongly in what I'm going to do? And then he was gone. And that voice was silenced in my life. It felt like that. It felt like I would try and I would push. Thank God my mom was still there and she was, she was trying her best, especially after the loss of him. It, wasn't, it was never the same. And my mom would still encourage. As I wrote my first book, Becoming a Spectacular Woman, she would encourage. And then 18 months after I lost my dad, she was gone. It was cancer. And we saw her suffer. And we protected her in all of it. We kept it quiet. We wanted her to have her dignity. And after that, it was a whirlwind of events, of experiencing life, of moving from one place that we had called home for so long to another place we had never really known, to being exposed to people that did not really understand where we were coming from. That's my brother and I to having criticisms flying at us from places we could never have expected, trying to please, trying to appease, trying to still show up and fit into the spaces that promised acceptance if I would behave right. In this five-year period, I got engaged the first time, crashed and burned, and I thought, okay, I now understand what I need to do when I'm going to get married I know what I need to be prepared for. I didn't even realize at the time that I was doing the same thing I had been doing all my life, even within the relationships where I would shrink and try and fit the narrative of this person that says they want to be with me without even checking, do I really want to even be with this person? But someone who has, someone has come and they look the part, they sound the part, they sound like a godly person. So let's do this. You, you want to be with me? I've gone through a lot in life. I need a father figure anyway. I need someone who will cover me. Let's do it. And then it ends, thankfully, because I don't know where I would be if I was in these relationships where I was not really entering with my eyes opened, right? And it happened again a second time. There's a lot more I can say about the second time, which um, would not be for today's episode. But I found myself back again. And this time, worse off, at the bottom of the rock. Rock bottom. Ashamed. Because I had told people, I had a plan. I had a plan. And nothing was working out the way it was meant to. I was like, God, haven't I been through enough in this life? Why is it me? Why is it my own story that has to be different? Everybody's just doing stuff and moving forward. I have to struggle. Is this the story of my life? My, my brother got married the, the year I was supposed to get married. And he wasn't even trying to get married that year. He had been in a beautiful relationship and somehow just panned out that it was the right time. What, what is going on in my own life? Like, did they curse me? Those were thoughts that were passing through my mind. In the midst of all of that, you can imagine how dark it was. Because a part of me had also created 
marriage to be that peak, to be the climax of the validation. Because if there could be a guy that would see me and see beauty in me and love me and believe in my dreams, ah, I would have wings to fly. Nothing would stop me. Nobody would stand in my way. But I just needed that guy, that person that would always be in my corner, validating me. Telling me I was beautiful, telling me that I was brilliant, you know. That person, just one person. I just needed one person. So what kind of relationship would that be if you're clinging so desperately for validation? I didn't realize that my own witness was valid. I didn't realize that I had a say in the matter. For some reason, and this reason I would still share um, further along in this season... For some reason, I felt my own voice did not count. If it was really true, other people would see it too, right? It took me a while to realize that not everyone is given permission to see that dream. Dreams are protected, they're preserved. Because if everyone can see the thing that God has placed in your heart for you to do, for you to fulfill in this earth, for you to contribute that gift that only you can give. It would be stolen most likely. It would be usurped. And I'm sure in many ways you've gone through situations where people have used you for the gifts that you have, used you wrongfully. I've been there. I've been there. Because people could see the things that I could not even see in myself. And I didn't know when they were using. I just thought, oh my gosh, the person believes in me. Let me do this. Let me. There's so much more I could say. But it's not for this episode. The question again, how did we get here? Nobody can know what God has placed inside of you like you. Beyond that, nobody can know what God has placed inside of you outside true selfless love. The only people that could see the light I carried, apart from me, even when I doubted, the only people that could see that were the people that loved me just because. They didn't love me to cut me to size. They didn't love me to put me in my place. They loved me. And God gave them the privilege of seeing the things that he had placed inside. Still not up to what he would show me about myself in our conversations. So if there's anything I would say is a takeaway from today's episode, go back to the witness within your own spirit, the witness within your own heart. Maybe you silenced that voice. But every time anybody else outside you shuts it down, it's still shouting, but it's not true, that's not true, that's not who you are. That's not the truth about your dream or about your intentions. And you silenced it and chosen to believe their narrative over the true narrative inside your being that you were born with, that was pure. Shut the noise out and listen again. Listen again to that inner witness. What does the voice say? Go back to that little girl or little boy. Who sat down thinking or dreaming about 
beautiful things in relationships, in home, in belonging. What does that witness say? Remember that witness because it counts more than you realize. I'm in a space where I've said, I'm following those dreams. Come with me. Don't come with me. Support. Don't support. Believe. Don't believe. Criticize. Praise. It's not about that. You don't know who I am. You cannot know unless God shows you. And it's not because of you that I will sit down on everything that God has placed inside of me. It's not because of you that on the day I'm supposed to give accounts, I will give excuses. I know, without a doubt, that I'm here for a purpose. I know my dreams are valid. And my voice, aligned with his voice, what he has already said, is enough. I'm grateful for the people that love me and are seeing it. But even if they decided tomorrow not to see it, one with God is a majority. Dear Lord, please remove every iota of doubt from our hearts. We have doubted our value in so many ways and we have attempted to conform in ways that have destroyed ourselves. We know the pain that this conformity has caused. We know how we look into the mirror and we don't recognize ourselves. Help us believe again in the value you encoded into our DNAs even before we were born. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of this first episode. This is season one. And for season one, we'll be taking on, in many ways, the forgotten dreams. The first episode was just to introduce us. Okay, so how do we get here if we're going to move from A to B? At least we need to know where we are. Looking forward to seeing you again, same time, same place, next week.